You are now listening to episode 28 of I'm an Adult, Now What? Hosted by Jade Pattenden. Welcome to this episode with Joss Biggins. <laughs> Not Nailed Josh. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on to my podcast. Thank you for having me. Again. I want to start off with asking you random questions, if that's cool. It's Put you cool. on the spot. It's cool. Okay. So the first question I want to ask you. Oh, man, I'm kind of nervous now. All right. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Um, how can you live with more intention? Oh, these type of questions? I was like, what's your type, favorite type of bagel or something? <laughs> how can you live with more intention? Focus on your breath and activities that you do daily. So for me, I build like a, a common activity for me is like building a proposal. Mm-hmm. So as I'm building a proposal, how can I focus on my breath to bring awareness and actually think about the things I'm doing rather than just doing the things I'm doing? Right. That's great. That's a great answer. I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sitting here slouched right now. <laughs> Sit straight and My goodness. breathe better. <laughs> Have you ever been fired, and if so, from where? Oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's dive right into it. Yes, <laughs> I was fired, and I I was the I was so, so embarrassed about it. I got my dream fucking job. Um, I left university. I went and worked uh, with my actually my current business partner um, as an assistant for a year in, in wealth management. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I was like... I, I was coming off a basketball injury. I was playing in Europe, and then I went to school, and then I went with him, and then I went. I was like, ah, I miss basketball. I need to go. And so I went, and I found there was this um, guy who used to work at Nike, a former Nike exec, um, who left Nike and started a, a creative agency um, called Victory. Mm-hmm. And I've never talked about this on camera. This is hilarious. Or on, <laughs> on, on the mic. Anyway, so I uh, started this creative agency and called Victory, and... Uh, I went there and I worked there for a year and just grinded my face off and just like honestly lost so much money and and was overworked and underpaid and I don't say that in a bad way but like I, I cut my teeth and grew so so much there it was a top tier like clients were Google Nike and and the Toronto Raptors and nice. it was just like oh my gosh and so I was there as a basketball operations lead coaching uh, anywhere from like Johnny down the block to like NBA players and just being in the gym with them and stuff so it was amazing. Uh, and then, you know, because basically after a year of that, I got a phone call from my current business partner who I had already had a plan with basically. And he was like, Hey, I know you're over in Vancouver doing your thing, but I kind of need you back. And I was like, Hmm. And I was like, well, I get paid way more over there. And for me, if there was any emotional trigger I had when I was younger, it was money. So I was just Mm. freaking out in survival mode. So I was like, I'm just going to stop doing work. Right. Which got me, got my ass fired. Oh, no. <laughs> um, which was all good. And I was super heartbroken at the time. Learned a ton of lessons, but uh, super grateful for the experience. And there are a bunch of, there are a bunch of awesome guys over there. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, it sounds like you learned a lot. It did. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked. But I learned a lot. But you know what? I respect the fact that you, like, talked about this and admitted to it because a lot of people wouldn't. They would just be like, no, I never yeah. got fired. And then skip past it. Right? Okay. But... Yeah, there's no shame in that. Like, it happens. Shit happens. Dude, you're. We were just talking about being young before the podcast. Like, mistakes are inevitable. Yeah. And don't try to be a young person that just like covers up their mistakes constantly because that's inauthentic and and it's just it's not living in your truth, man. Like, come on, these like you stumble, you fall, you get back up. I'm in a way better position now, years later than I was then, and and that's part of why I'm there. So I'm I'm grateful. Yeah. 
Well, I think you're wise enough to like know that. Oh, but big, big words. <laughs> <laughs> and humble, apparently. But um, yeah, no, it's crazy because do you care about exposing your age? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Because I think it's a good thing. I would have though, like uh, maybe even a couple months ago, but it's all good. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm 23. Okay. Yeah. And I'm 24. Yeah. <laughs> Does everyone know that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right? Now they do, for yeah. sure. It's one of those things where it's like, you can't really tell someone's age unless they post something that shows is, their age. Is immature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some people are 60 and they're so immature though, you know? Yeah, that's true. Good but point. it's like, say on social media, it's like, if you post on your birthday with those like balloons, with the balloons that say like, classic. you know, 24, it's like, okay, that person's 24. Yeah, you won't find any of that on my socials, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that kind of thing, you know, um, but I think it's incredible the stuff that you've done so far in your life. Thank you. And that's why I really wanted to have you as a guest was to talk about like your life journey um, and yeah, just kind of pick your brain a bit because I think it's kind of rare to find people your age who have accomplished as much as you have, Thanks, but man. maybe it's just the people I've come across, you know, it's, it's all in... Uh, the spectrum of things like if I went to Harvard or something I'm sure you know a lot of very <laughs> successful 23 year olds yes. yeah but um <clears throat> yeah so I wanted to pick your brain about your life but also I have to toss in the fact that I listened to the 20 something podcast yes shout where, outs where you talked about um investing yes because I find it so helpful it made me realize that I want to get my shit together yes. in that aspect of things because you talked about how um like, people don't benefit from educating mm -hmm. people about investing, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I like that you were willing to share because there's a lot of people who are, like, millennials and we just don't understand what's going on, you know? It's really it's super intimidating, too. It's very intimidating. So that's kind of why I've avoided it. But <laughs> of I'm course, like, <laughs> and why most people do. Yeah. Right, But that's a huge just to riff off that, like that's, there's two, there's two things to that. So it's like, well, people in the industry don't get paid to educate them. That's sort of like coaches or teachers. I'm not a coach or a teacher, right. uh, but I do have a, you know, I've spent a lot, a lot of time in my short amount of time on this planet, you know, uh, researching, learning, getting certified, doing the licensing. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a shame because yeah, we don't get paid to educate. We get paid to sell. Mm -hmm. um, and for, but for me, the only reason why I kind of do what I do and I have the tone that I do about it is because like, you know, maybe it's because I'm from this small little hippie island, but it's like at the core of my value system, like, isn't really money. At right. the core of my value system is like, there's nothing that makes me happier than like watching a human grow, like mm -hmm. in front of your eyes. Right. Like we have people in this building or at self hire that like have literally just grown in front of my eyes. I'm like, that's the greatest level of fulfillment. And if I can get that through like sharing something on a podcast and like having a bunch of DMs off of that and just like, hey, so what do I do here? Like, here's these interest rates and here's how my debts. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I know this is a lot, <laughs> but here's the way forward. And then just watching them go on that path. Like I couldn't ask for more and I don't get paid for that, but that's fine. Yeah. And that'll like, I'm a big believer in karma. That'll come around someday. Yeah. Uh, I'm not worried about it. That just that, that, and karma is also instant. Like that instant gratification I get from seeing that person grow. It's like, that's, that's all I need, man. Yeah. And it's kind of priceless too, right? Yes. Um, I think the fact that you know that at such a young age is amazing because, you know, like people can lose their wealth at a later age and then what do they have? A yeah. lot of people just focus too much on the money mm -hmm. and not so much on like 
just the memories and whatnot. Absolutely. The people. Yeah. The people. Like the impact that you've made already, I'm sure, yeah. is satisfying enough. You know what I mean? That's great. Yeah. Um, and I, that's what I love about podcasting and like having guests is like you get a chance to talk about things that you might not have as like just a general coffee shop chat. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I do all the time because, you know, I jumped right in with the deep questions. Like, I don't really like the... Small talk? Small talk or yeah. like, you know, talking about shallow things too often. Doesn't really get anything done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like nice once in a while, but I think life's about just diving deeper, you know? Let me ask you a question because I oh, love when podcasters are like, <laughs> <laughs> damn, I love when podcasters go on other people's podcasts and they start, they flip the tides on them. But yeah. as a, as someone that uh, engages in deep level conversation all the time, mm-hmm. do you ever have people come up to you and be like, Jay, like, I just want to like kick it and talk about like J and B or something, you know, like, do you ever get people that are just like, man, She's always deep diving and cutting to it, you know? Like, that's exhausting for a lot of people, too, right? Yeah. Do you have that experience? Um, so people trying to take it more to a kind of surface level? Yeah, just being like, gee, like, I just like you as a person. Let's just kick and talk about bullshit for a while. Yeah. You know? Do you ever have that? I feel like, yes, like, I can do that. And, like, people have done that. And I'm, like, fine with having those conversations. <laughs> right, 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 right. But right. they're just a lot shorter than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, I'll talk about it for a bit. Or, yeah. like, I was talking about, like, that Netflix show, Love is Blind, which Sweet. is, like, a reality show. I don't watch reality TV, but I watch that. Yeah. And I really liked it, and I talked about it for, like, ten minutes. Nice. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to go read my Eckhart Tolle book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the vibe, you know? I love it. Um, cool. But, yeah, do you find that happens with you a lot? Yeah, people don't like me, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I, I have had people that, like, I've known for a long time. And I'm just like, I'm so entrenched in like learning and podcast guests and stuff. And I'm just like, I always want to talk about the things that are on my mind. I always want to talk about where my head is at, like intellectually or how I'm learning and the experiences I have. And I always want to just go do things that are not surface level. Mm -hmm. And you got to understand that people sometimes surface level is okay. Yeah. I guess. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, I think that's true. I just think like sometimes it's those people maybe aren't your people. Kind maybe of they're not your people. Um, yeah. Which I've learned like recently. Probably yeah. a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, because you only have so much time, right? So, yes. And it's kind of like I'd rather have a conversation with someone who's willing to dive deep for like an hour and then we both go do our thing in life. But totally. it's like you learned so much just from having like oh my gosh. that conversation. I'd actually go one step further and say it's it's a disservice not to. Yeah. Like I feel a lot of uh, a lot of gratitude just for like for being young, for being a white male in Canada, like lottery, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and I just like I feel like in order to kind of like pay that back, like I don't want to waste any time and knowing how valuable that asset is, and mm-hmm. to bring it back to the investing conversation, it's like I'm doing a disservice to the God-given fortune or whatever luck that I've had by throwing it away. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a certain obligation with that. It's like, well, we have an obligation to go further, an obligation to learn more. Yeah. And once you kind of understand that, you know, time and well, knowledge is exponential in nature, right? Like knowledge isn't like one-to-one. Knowledge is I learned something now, one, and it actually multiplies out. That's why you as a podcast host, you're so valuable because everything you've learned from these conversations, mm-hmm. that's a, it's a multiplier. It's exponential. And yeah. It compounds on itself. True. Like the nature of knowledge is the exact same as the nature of compound interest in finance. Right. And that's where, with that, we were referencing that podcast earlier, where it's like, 
That's why, yeah, there's an education barrier, but you're, you not investing, even though if it's $100, $200, whatever, it's literally the greatest asset you have is not the money, it's the time. Mm-hmm. And you're throwing it away because you're uneducated. Right. And I get it and it's scary, I understand, mm-hmm. but work to overcome that, right? Yeah. What the fuck did you ask me? I don't know what I just <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know, but it, it's great. <laughs> um, I think the one thing I was trying to recall before mm-hmm. we started recording was you were talking about um, podcasting and like how your job is kind of to just to spark a thought. And mm-hmm. if you can spark a thought, like that's great you've accomplished like what your job right that's a win and I was like yes that's so true because it's like as long as I can get someone to think in a way that they weren't thinking in before you've won I'm happy you've won like I'm so happy you've won and you've changed that person's life yeah essentially because it's like if you can learn how to see things from a different perspective that you've never thought from before Mm -hmm. that you're growing absolutely and you're helping the world because you're not staying stubborn in that one thought that you had the moment that you're inspired or a a thought is sparked in your head you 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 actually change your position in the world you stop you're no longer a part of like the ignorance problem or the problem in general Mm -hmm. and you're now a part of the solution because you're actually actively thinking and actively learning yeah that's why education is so big yeah and i think that like that's that's our job as podcast hosts That's, that's it yeah that's it yeah and, and I'm sure, like, we all get caught up in, like, download numbers or engagement on social and all that. It's like, it doesn't matter, man. Yeah. It does not matter. Like, what matters is actually the thoughts that have been sparked from that. And we can't, that's not a metric we can quantify. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? It's true because you might get, like, um, I don't know, 5,000 listens, but then it's, like, people might not have actually taken in your message, right? 100%. They might not have processed it. But if one person messages you and said, hey, that podcast episode really resonated with me mm-hmm. thank you so much absolutely that means so much more than the number of having five thousand because that, yeah. you know people hear you but they don't necessarily take it in uh-huh. yeah, of course so to get that feedback of someone saying like hey i i took this in and it really helped me like that's it makes me feel oh so God. happy like I know, right? happier than like so many things in life <laughs> right so it's very like meaningful mm-hmm. um which i just realized I didn't clarify that you host a podcast. Oh, word, I just yeah. kind of jumped in with those Let's questions. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to explain your podcast and how it started? Yeah. Um, so I host a podcast called the Think Space Podcast. And the thesis of the origin behind that was um, I got together with this company called Self Hired, which is a, a content house. And they asked me to come host this podcast. I said no because... I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, I don't want, I was, I was embarrassed about my age. Um, I was embarrassed about where my thought was at. I was like, I was like, yeah, I can ask questions and have a good conversation and stuff, but I can't, I don't, I don't want to be on record, you know, and all this type of stuff. And so I initially said no. And then with some convincing, they were like, all right, well, we'll just do, we'll do the homies. We'll just do, you know, guys in our circle. Um, and we'll just, we'll make it fun. We'll make it casual. Right. And, um, and there's no pressure. We won't go out and get guests or anything like that. And that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it got going really, really quickly. And it's just, we're still on that path. So, I mean, I remember when we uh, landed um, Kajan uh, uh, from TriStar, who, who's a UFC fighter. And then we landed, like, Mr. Martini from Van City. And we landed Azel North from Manila Gray. And it just was like, then we landed Cole Wallace, Cole, Cole Wallacer from, like, um, 
fucking Hollywood essentially. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of went on and on and on and on and on. Right. And now I don't even know where we are. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been two years and it's just been so fun. And we built like a tribe of people around that we all like bounce questions off each other. And it's just like, it's exactly that. It's just sparking thought. Yeah. That's all it is. So, um, it's a podcast for the passionately curious. It's about the human growth experience. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not niched up. It's very, very wide. Yeah. It takes the approach of like, I can learn from anyone mm -hmm. and, and anyone is valuable and let's come in here and let's discover your value and let's put it out there. Yeah. Um, and it's just a ton of fun. I love that. Yeah. I think that's so great. And I'm super lucky. Hold up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I'll say this again and again and again. Like the only reason why I can do this is because there's a production house behind it. Right. Um, which has lost so much money on that podcast. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and they continue to do so, which is just so fulfilling because it has ROI for all of us. Yeah. Um, that isn't monetary. And so, you know, just having me be in the position I'm in where, you know, they can take the workload and I can help them as much as possible, but they're, they're doing it mm -hmm. and I'm showing up and essentially just taking the glory of it. Um, that makes my life so, so easy. And as someone that, you know, has a full-time career, yeah. um, I, I don't think it would be possible any other way. Yeah. No, it does. So shouts to them. Your team is incredible in what they're doing. Um, and thanks for hosting us today in yes, your yes, space. Yes, 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 with your podcast, how long have you been running it for? Well, we do uh, we do weekly, um, and we've done we're releasing today. Actually, we just released episode sixty, um, so it's like a year and a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but we took two months off in the summer last year um, because we got flooded with client work, and and that was more important. So right. um, I get I, I definitely have a guilt complex, and that like I don't like losing money on doing something. Is, is one thing that you're invested in, but then losing money, like if you're so invested in doing something that you're not getting paid for, and then a bunch of money is coming through the door for like an actual company on the other hand, yeah. then I'm like, I'm like, guys, like stop, it's fine, everything's good, let's yeah. go focus over here and, and facilitate that. So it's been, uh, yeah, to answer your question, it's been like a, probably like a year and a half. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was, yeah, I was 21 when we started it, and here we are today. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, at the Vancouver Podcast Festival, oh, word. one thing that somebody said was um, she realized that if you weren't ever going to make money off of your podcast, would you still want to do it for free? Mm -hmm. And that's how you know if you're doing like the right mm -hmm. thing and the right topic. And I was like, oh, that's, I was like, shit, that's so true. Like, yeah, I would do this because of the value that you gain from just the experience of talking to people, right? So what is it for you? I don't mean to cut you off, I apologize, but what is it for you? What's that value for you? Where like, you know, for, for me, it's it's the human connection part. Mm -hmm. What is it for you that, that makes it worth it to not get paid to do what you do? Yeah, it's definitely the human connection part and just putting that out there into the world for people to listen to because mm -hmm. not everyone can have a deep conversation with someone, right? because they're not surrounded by the right people or they've Whatever. never been and they're just not taught to um, mm -hmm. to speak so openly about life. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like when you sit down with someone and you talk and you really get to like a deeper human level where you're willing to admit the mistakes you made and what you learned from it, that's like something so invaluable that it's, you know, like mm -hmm. it just brings me so much joy. And then, um, yeah, when people do message and say like, that really helped me. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. It keeps me like motivated to do it. Totally. And um, yeah, just inspiring people to just keep growing every day. I think that 
there's so much shit that happens in the world um, and we feel a bit hopeless about it. Yeah. But really, at the end of the day, the only thing you can change is yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think by doing that, you inspire others to change. Oh, yeah. And so if you can share that, put that out there and people are willing to listen, then that's great. It might just that's be beautiful. one person. Mm-hmm. You affected one person. And if they change, it will affect maybe one person that they know. Domino and, effect. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's more powerful than people realize. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just find that, like, in a world that is so obsessed with, like, Instagram and Facebook and whatever it is, you know, um, it, life is just so much more than that. Yeah. And I think for myself, just because of, like, modeling and stuff, and I post, like, my portfolio on Instagram, it's, like, my marketing tool, basically, mm-hmm. I just find that when I started my podcast, I was so much happier because I just felt like it was balancing out. Like, you know, I wasn't just putting out like superficial content. Right, yeah. I was actually trying to contribute more to the world than just like posting pictures of myself. Mm-hmm. So it helped me like feel better in that sense. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. But um, yeah, it's nice to see like other podcasters in Vancouver doing the same thing. And um, I don't know. Yeah, it's the industry is like it's really really growing and 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 like you're ahead of the curve and uh, like that's that's gonna be so important moving forward and stuff. But I think just to your earlier point of balancing out the super superficialness, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if superficial is the right word. Or yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but balancing that out with like some 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 deeper level content or something that's like actually going to stimulate some thought or actually like provide value yeah like like instagram is such a weird place (laughs) it is such such a weird place and i don't even know how i interact with it today and and i i think super deeply about that and you know i think if you're when you're putting things out i the filter that i put my own content through when I put something out, I go, okay, like, am I putting this out because it serves me or am I putting it out because it's going to serve someone else? Mm-hmm. Because as a young male, fucking working through the ego is a bitch and it sucks mm-hmm. and we kind I constantly fall back into that. Right. Um, whether it's like I'm, I'm conscious of it for sure, but whether you're conscious or unconscious of it, it still happens. And, mm-hmm. and I'll put something out and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like that, that was just the most self-serving thing. Mm-hmm. why would you do that <laughs> right and, and going through that filter a little bit like that really helps me navigate social right um, because it's it's hard and I don't know like oh man this is super crazy mm-hmm. I got a tangent but like I went uh, this one time um, I was following this girl on Instagram mm-hmm. and she was like um, she was uh, into like nutrition and fitness right and and she was super into like uh like food science and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. Mm-hmm. And she would rarely ever post about that. And it was just like booty pig, booty pig, booty pig, booty pig, booty pig. <laughs> and like, and I was just like, I kind of followed her for like a long, long time. Like I knew she, we had some connection. I followed her. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't need to be seeing this all the time. Yeah. Like, like it's nothing against you, but just what you're like, I don't need to be seeing that right yeah. now. No, and great. so I, and so I unfollowed and then I, and then I got into this DM conversation with her. Cause I just like, she popped up, I think, on my Explore page or something like that. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and I DM'd her and I was like, hey, you have so much knowledge and value. Yeah. Yet all you put out is super superficial stuff. And, like, the woman was beautiful. I'm not, like, yeah. and I'm just like, and she got mad at first. 
And, and I was like, but I was trying to, I was not trying to be a dick. Yeah. I was just like, you have so much. Can you please give like more of your knowledge and, and all this type of stuff? Because like you're, you're the number one plot line in your narrative of your life, which is what we put on social mm-hmm. should not be your body. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in, in my point of view, I think we have so much more to offer as humans. Anyways, she got super mad. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and forth and like explained myself a little bit more. She ends up like, she's like, what's your number? I'm going to FaceTime you. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like chilling on the couch type thing, right? And I'm like, all right. And I was like, oh, here we go. And I'm like, I don't know if she's going to be pissed. She was a little less pissed at that point. And then we ended up just talking for like an hour and a half about that exact thing and how people perceive you and how other people's reflection of what you put out there actually, you know, creates, creates your identity and how her identity got wrapped up in that and, mm. and what her true self is and how she's trying to actually like put that out, but it feels insecure about putting that stuff out because right. she gets so much validation for this other stuff. Right. And I say this all to like bounce a question back to you of like, how do you deal with that? Where it's like, you're going to get a ton of validation for shallower content yeah um and you're not going to get as much validation for deeper level content that is truer to who you are Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that um well i feel like you know when instagram took away the likes like you can't see that i feel like that helped a lot more than i expected it to in a sense but i think um i kind of just learned that to not care as much about what other people think about it if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like for me when I go on my Instagram it's more like a diary to me like I go back and I see pictures and I'm like oh yeah that shoot and it it sparks like a conversation that I had with the makeup artist or something um so that's what I see and then what other people see is gonna I know it's gonna be completely different for each person and it's more of a reflection about how they feel about themselves bouncing onto me right that's out of my control so I've kind of learned to accept that and then also like if you go and look at my Instagram I post some like deep ass quotes with my pictures you know (laughs) Um, and normally that's sparked from something I read recently or Mm -hmm. something I've been thinking about if it's a song lyric I was listening to that song and the lyrics that I posted really resonated with me and that's so like Facebook 09 like type shit but I don't care like that's what is meaningful to me and to me it is like a diary because I'll read the caption and I know what I was thinking at that time. Yeah. Like I know what I was going through. Yeah. And so I think if people viewed their own Instagrams as a diary for themselves versus yeah. content for other people, like if she posts a booty pic because she was like, yeah, I worked hard, um, you know, in for that sure. year to get to that point, I'm proud of it, post that, then that's what it means Thumbs to up, her, right? And that's what really matters. Yeah, but if it's like constant, then yeah, you can kind of tell if it's mm-hmm. something validation for someone else. But mm-hmm. it's just like, I think also, um, like not to get too deep into it, because I want to talk about you more, but um, I, love it. I just view it more as like, I think just as a kid, like I was like a tomboy. I wasn't like an attractive kid like guys didn't have crushes on me Mm -hmm. I was like the black kid you know the odd one out like the black sheep whatever um and so that period of my life just taught me that what people look like really doesn't mean anything there can be an incredible person inside of that shell I'm not saying that looks don't matter but it just makes me be like, oh, who cares? Like, if someone says, oh, you're beautiful, I'm like, yeah, thanks. Like, cool. Yeah. Like, it, I, it's nice, you know? I'm not going to say it's not nice. But it's just, <laughs> it's not, I'd rather someone was like, I loved your podcast. What you have to say was mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. That means so much more to me. Yeah, forming that connection. Mm-hmm. Because, like, 
to bring it back to the story a little bit, I was like, well, I'm going to reach out at the expense of sounding like an asshole mm-hmm. because number one, I believe in people and like, I bet there's, I bet there's a whole lot underneath that, underneath that social profile, like profile, I bet there's so much. Yeah. And, and I'm willing to look like a dick um, to try to get to it. And, and, and obviously not trying to be a dick, but like, and just getting to that. And I think a lot of times that's so hard to mm-hmm. cut through that layer mm-hmm. and put you, like me in the case, putting myself out on a limb mm-hmm. um, and trying to communicate something that's very hard and try to communicate it ele- ele- elegantly mm-hmm. um, is like that, that takes a lot. And I think a lot of guys don't even think to think that far. Yeah, <laughs> right? no, totally. Yeah. And I think it's great that she was willing to hear you out. Maybe? That's the best part. Yeah, that's, that's the best part. And also, I think she probably reacted like that straight off the jump because it's unusual for someone yeah. to see deeper into things. So right. it's like you saw something in her and you cared enough to want to point it out. Mm-hmm. You don't jump into fucking <laughs> things you know are going to be like a battle. Complete when, mess. If it's yeah. not worth it to yeah, you, yeah. but you saw something and you're like, nah, it's worth it for me to say something to this girl. For sure. And then she heard you out. And I think that's great awesome and did she start posting more you know of what her own stuff? i haven't been spending a lot of time on social so i don't know no that's so fair but <laughs> but i hope so I, yeah, yeah. I, I i believe that she would and you know what you at least sparked a thought again it, and her fear is nothing point to do in with case you. yeah her fear has got nothing to do with you because you know that's something that she has to mm-hmm. decide if she wants to do or not. Mm-hmm. But you at least made her realize that somebody out there sees more than just her booty pics. For sure. I think that's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Um, but, yeah, social media is a weird thing for sure. <laughs> it's a whole thing in itself. It but, totally is. Um, but, yeah, and but it's also what brought us here today. A hundred percent. So that's It's cool. also incredibly beautiful yeah. and connects people. And, and you have an opportunity... Again, to your point, just to echo that, it's like you have the opportunity to craft your narrative. Yeah. Never in history have we had the opportunity for mm-hmm. someone to not even meet you mm-hmm. and actually understand you on somewhat of a level. Like yeah. you're able to come in here with some questions and some understanding about who I am because of that. Like that is the coolest thing and it brings us closer to connection. It's just also super misused. Yeah. So it's oh, two totally. sides of the coin. That's so true. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which, let's jump into questions about you. Um, so you're from Hornby, right? That's correct. So can you tell me a bit about that? Because I've never hmm. been. <laughs> Hornby's wild. Hornby is like the Hawaii of BC. Oh, um, for sure. So it's like Hornby's super unique culturally um, because there's a there's a big wealth gap there. So there's a lot of like rich, old, retired people there mm-hmm. um, that have amazing houses and stuff. And then there's this artist community um, that is very. Um, very grassroots and, and like my dad was a draft dodger and they learn the trades and they do what they have to do and they it's just very very grassroots and and some people are higher on the income spectrum than others um and so it's interesting that way because you have a culture a, um uh kind of a melting pot of cultures from all different places and then you also have a wealth gap which is very interesting mm-hmm. another reason why it's so interesting is that um hornby is like geographically is not from the um from the uh, fault line it's it's not like attached to the continent it like actually came from uh south america like oh. over hundreds of thousands of years wow um but so the actual geography of the of the island is way different than other gulf islands so like typically a gulf island is like um if it's right by the coast um mm-hmm. here in vancouver you'll see like 
really quick up, like a, if you go to Sea to Sky Highway, yeah. quick mountains and right down, right? right. Because of that activity. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Hornby is like close to Vancouver Island, basically in the middle of the strait, mm-hmm. and yet still has that geography. Um, versus like if you look at islands around there, it's just like kind of flat lumps of land. Right. And so Hornby's got like a mountain, a mountain. Like to give you context, Hornby is like, there's 900 people there. Oh, wow. Year round, which balloons to like anywhere from like 10 to 15,000 in the summertime. Craziness. Absolute pandemonium. Oh, um, so there's another dynamic. Yeah. But, and it's basically 30 square kilometers. Mm. So it's like five kilometers by six kilometers. It's super, super small. That's crazy. But there's a mountain on it that's like 450, 500 meters high, mm-hmm. which is like substantial for the amount of land that it actually is. Mm-hmm. And then it drops off really quickly. So and it's mm-hmm. weird. And then on another side of the island, there's like steep cliffs. And then on another side of the island, there's like three beautiful world-class like sandy beaches. Wow. But they're not like BC sandy beaches. They're beaches where the water is much warmer because it's super, super shallow. Mm-hmm. And it goes out and out very, very, very slow. Mm-hmm. So you can bring boats right up and stuff. And it's all sand. It's just like it's such a unique uh, unique place geographically as well, right. culturally. Um, so I was very, um, you could say, lucky to, to be born there and, and live there. I was born in my house. Mm, and, wow. Yeah. And uh, it's been, you know, my formative years there. And when did you leave Hornby? I left Hornby when I was 15. I went into foster care. Oh, really? Um, and I moved from Hornby um, to the Comox Valley, which is the closest town. Okay. I went to school there, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, are you down to talk about that? I'm always down to talk okay. about whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah. So how was that for you, like, going into foster care? <clears throat> yeah, super weird. Um, I like a super just not good childhood, whether it was like, um, yeah, any type of abuse, like, or, or whatever, drug violence, criminal violence, all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my house burned down, all different types of oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah, craziness. <clears throat> Complete pandemonium as a kid. And my parents were in this like 11 year um, custody battle for me from the time I was four to the time I was 15. And there was like jail sentences in between that and all different types of stuff happening. And I was living with other families, just like the community is very tight. Mm. And so there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's some families that literally just brought me in and said, you're going to stay with us for the week or whatever. Right. Anyways, um, yeah, when I was 15, um, I basically, the judge, we were in court and it was like the custody battle and the judge like just basically looked at me and was like, Joss, listen, your parents are incapable of making a decision here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to do? You seem like a mature young man. What do you think is best for you? I think that you can make a decision on your future. Mm. And I was like, damn. And I was like, neither of y'all. <laughs> and I was like, I'm done. I want to play basketball and I want to, I want to get off Hornby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I ended up in foster care. And, um, yeah, bless her heart, this woman named Heidi Zirkel, who is this like professional basketball player from Germany, uh, a woman professional basketball player, and she's uh, she had two kids, and she was the head coach at Vanier uh, mm-hmm. for the girls' team, and she brought me in initially just for the season, so I could play the season in 10th in grade, mm-hmm. and then the season turned to over the summer, then over summer turned to all of high school, and then she actually got me the connection, which allowed me to play in Denmark, um, and wow. then that's where I spend, you know, my Christmases and, and all that type of stuff. And, um, in my current profession, we have an office in Vancouver that I head and there's another gentleman that heads, uh, heads the office in the Comox Valley, mm-hmm. who was also my basketball coach from like the ninth grade craziness. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Super, super wild. Basketball has been such a gift for me. Um, and 
So whenever I go back there and I work from there, we have a lot of clients on the island. You know, I always stay there, and so that's like literally turned into my family. So I'm I'm super 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 lucky and, and grateful for that. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, like all this kind of makes more sense as to why you're so mature and motivated as a 23 year old because. Man. I truly believe that um, when you go through hardships, it, it forces you to grow up, right? Yeah. And you just have to like think of things in a new way. Or I don't know about you, but when I was younger, like and shitty things were happening, I was just kind of trying to make sense of why people would act that way. Yeah. Because I couldn't really do anything else. It was out of my control, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you found the same thing. It's hard, man. Like as kids, as kids, we just don't understand. And that's and we don't have context on life. We don't understand why adults ask, uh, act the way that they do. And when you grow up in a shitty situation, um, that situation is baseline for you. Mm-hmm. And so, like the hardest part for me was getting kind of like integrated into society. Also, Hornby is two ferries away from Vancouver Island, so it's three right. ferries away from here. Right. It's like it's two hours from like uh, Hornby to the Comox Valley. Mm-hmm. So like it's a separate society. And like within that, like as a kid, like. I was just like the poorest kid on the island in the shittiest situation and mm-hmm. everyone knew it and my parents were going at each other and mm-hmm. they were involved in like criminal organizations and stuff like that. It was just not a good situation mm-hmm. and the entire community knew it and now when I tried to like step forward into playing basketball or step forward into society, really, it's just like you can't contextualize shit. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have that mechanism in your brain. Right. So you, you try to find all these different methodologies to try to survive and thrive and gain social connections and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, probably just suppressing all your earlier memories and, and your history, right? So I have so much empathy for kids. <laughs> I have oh, so, yeah. so much empathy for kids. It, it like... We were talking about earlier about uh, podcasting and, and fulfilling mm-hmm. uh, our hearts. And if there's one thing that breaks my heart, it's that. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it's still hard for me to understand that, like, if you get to a situation because of your own actions, yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. If you get to a situation off of no fault of your own, yeah. I'm, that's really hard for me to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And, and seeing someone go through that is super, super tough. And I'm sure that... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure as you know, someone that's gone through struggles in their upbringing as well, you can understand and, and relate to that. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. It's um, I can't watch Annie without <sighs> like having a meltdown. Like I don't think I've ever watched it without crying. I can't watch Pursuit of Happiness without having. A oh meltdown. my god! <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I finished that movie actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like when kids are involved or. Even uh, like yeah. animals too, just it's like they don't understand what's happening. It's craziness. Um, yeah. And I think, I do think it makes you be a smarter parent. And I might be repeating myself from a different episode. It's all but, good. I do it all the time. <laughs> um, but I have a friend, and he, we were having a conversation about having kids, and he was kind Whoa, of like, "Whoa, shit." <laughs> not with. <laughs> Relax. Whoa, yeah, not with each other. He's actually expecting a kid right now but at the time he wasn't but um he was just saying like he was kind of like at a point where it's like should you bring kids into the world right Right, now with everything that's going on and whatnot but he's like the people who stop to think and ask themselves that question are the ones who should have kids because they're (laughs) smart enough to think far ahead but the ones who don't even think about the fate of the world they're still having kids and so if you think about the population Mm -hmm. if the majority of the new generation are coming from families who don't give a fuck about what's happening in the world Mm -hmm. then what kind of society is that going to create and i was like oh shit like that's so true so so true if you're just asking yourself the questions 
like that's okay so that's the key with like self-awareness and, and anything like mm-hmm. you ever see a young person 15 16 18 whatever right 23 who gives a shit right and yeah. you just look at the person and you're like I don't know what you're going to do, mm-hmm. but you're going to be successful at it. Yeah. Whatever it is you choose. And the reason why that we, I think the reason why maybe I say that and, and maybe this resonates is like, I just identify radical self-awareness in that person. Mm. So it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're radically self-aware and you're honest in that, yeah. you're going to figure it out. Regardless of the identity that you take on, you're going to figure it out. So it's like, it goes the same thing with parents. It's like, well, shit, like I think a ton about parenting and I'm not even close to having kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> um, and, and, but I think about it all the time. Like, how do you, how do you raise a kid and give them the right tools, the fundamentals, the infrastructure to actually like create a life? But like, mm. also like, how do you give them, like my brother has kids, he's 50. So my mm. dad was like a rolling stone and had like four different kids with like four different women, mm. whatever. He's the oldest one. I'm the youngest one. And, um, he, I had this conversation with him because he's like, he's done really, really well for himself. He's like a partner in a tech firm in Denver and he's just killing it. Nice. And, and he's like, I don't know how to like introduce artificial hardship to my kids mm-hmm. it's like my kids are great we do everything for them we make sure they're healthy and they have great in, in environments and good parents and schools and all that right but i fucking struggled and almost died as a kid right. and that has been the biggest gift in mm-hmm. my entire life how mm-hmm. do i give that to my kids because mm-hmm. i don't want to hurt my kids like i don't want to like i don't want that yeah but i want them to understand struggle and how to overcome that right right and anyway so these are the questions i ask myself all the time mm-hmm. and i'm probably 10 years from figuring it out <laughs> and so we're gonna give myself some time <laughs> yeah no that's so fair i mean yeah sometimes life just happens and then you have to figure then there's it out. that yeah i don't know if there's ever a period where you're like i'm ready to have a kid i'm sure some people do get to a point like that but um with your um with your brother Mm. I feel like even just him sharing his life story with his kids if they're willing to listen can save them from having a lot of um pain in their life that's a good point because I was talking about this the other day I'm like um my sisters I have two sisters and they're older than me and they always give me advice on like dating and like have saved me from yeah Yeah. and it saved me from so much heartbreak like it's insane Mm -hmm. so without that i'm like holy crap i would have been so fucked (laughs) (laughs) like so thank you to my sisters but you know they just they've been through it Mm -hmm. and they experienced a lot of pain from it and then they come and tell me or they see a red flag and they'll point it out and it's not like they're like okay you have to do this they're just like i'm just telling you this was my experience Mm -hmm do what you want with it Mm -hmm. and then I'm like okay yeah and then I decide what I want to do and that's like that's I always say like um, advice is not even close to as um, valuable as just like experience because like if I tell you something like hey I was in a similar situation I did this or I do this or I think this way like Mm -hmm. you're imposing a thought on me which is Mm -hmm. like okay cool but what is far more valuable to me is like, show, tell me the entire story. Number one, because humans learn from stories. Mm-hmm. Number two is that because I can actually pick and choose what's applicable to my life. Like it's not advice that we want to give. It's actually just experience and stories mm-hmm. because we'll actually learn far better. We'll feel the information that we take in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can again pick and choose to what's applicable and leave what's not. Because what you think might be applicable to me mm-hmm. is maybe not applicable to me. Yeah. And I thought that's like, you want to go back to like podcasting. It's like I struggle with that all the time. I'm like, oh, I don't want to impose anything on anybody. Like I just want to share experience and stories that's it mm-hmm. um i think within that uh i listen to like tim ferris sometimes mm-hmm. and like tim ferris 
is a, actually like a legendary investor as well. So there's a lot of like overlap um, with what I do. And so, uh, but he's more in the venture space, small companies and stuff, right. uh, whatever. Anyways, he trains um, uh, advisors as well and trainer, uh, traders. So people that, you know, very quick buys and sells and stuff like that. Anyway, so what he was talking about was this principle of, to just go back to what we were talking about is, the principle of walking on fire, mm-hmm. which is like, for instance, me and you, we talk to a bunch of amazing people that are super brilliant and we get so much from them mm-hmm. um, and we hear their experience and we feel it. However, there's still a disconnect. There's like three levels to it. There's like information that we know and then there's information that we feel and then there's mm-hmm. experience below that. Mm-hmm. So the true form of learning and however we can get to that is this concept called walking on fire, meaning like, I can tell you that the stove is hot. I can actually show you my burns, Mm. but you're not going to know until you put your fucking hand on the stove. Right. And that's going to forever teach you. And that's going to be encoded knowledge in you. So it's like, well, how do we do that? How do we, to apply to his, to his, the context is as investors, like I've only ever seen an up market, a bull market. How do I, and so I'm very optimistic about the future. Mm. How do I understand the pain of the tech bubble in 2000, the uh, the global recession in 2008 without having gone through it? How do I understand the pain of my parents mm. without going through it? Mm-hmm. And that may be just the greatest skill we can ever give our kids. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't claim to actually have that skill. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think to, to actually have that ability to feel, know so deeply and almost have experienced it yourself to save you from the pain and suffering and the backlash that can happen from making those mistakes yourself. Like, oh my gosh, what a gift. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I was listening to Elizabeth Gilbert Mm. speaking on a podcast, and she was saying that, like, she's teaching her kids um, not to try and, like, she's not trying to stop them from experiencing pain, Mm. but she's just trying to teach and show them that she's, there to hold to help them hold their pain right right right. and i was like wow that's really that's a really beautiful thing wow because it's like your kid's gonna go through shit but if you're able to like just walk them through it and support them through it that's that's everything like the best thing you can do really um and so for you with your parents do you are you still in communication with them yeah i I actually had like pretty good relationships with my parents surprisingly which is hilarious but um, yeah, I still talk to him. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, so what do you think was the most beneficial, like, lesson you learned from going into foster care at 15? Fuck. Um, <laughs> um, the concept of family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I like, still struggle with that to this day. I'm very much like a quote unquote, like lone wolf. Like I love to do things myself right. and that, and I love to be independent and blah, 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 blah. But I think beyond that, it's like it's not even about you can't you can't accomplish anything substantial in life alone. Mm-hmm. And so foster care told me um, the concept of family, the concept of love, mm-hmm. and like legitimately. So, like I'm I'm a serial long term dater, mm. serial great yeah. relationships. I'm yeah. friends with all my exes. Oh, that's like good. they're amazing. Yeah. Um, but that's me searching to understand love. And I didn't understand love in the sense of a community. And I've, I've learned love in a sense of a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And, and I continue to always learn that. But I haven't learned love in the sense of family and sense of community and sense of tribe. Right. Um, and so that was a, just a, an incredible, incredible lesson that I still learn to this day. And is is, is very hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just like even family gatherings and stuff. Like I'm, 
if you want to see me tense up real quick, you know, bring me to a family dinner, yeah. you know, and, and I don't like to, to share or show my true colors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still work on it today. And, and then the second thing would be um, just, just understanding that just being compassionate towards like, for instance, my parents are being compassionate towards, um, you know, Heidi or, or whoever, and just, or being compassionate towards you and your experiences. Like that's compassion and somehow was a lesson from all that, which, um, has probably made me a whole lot happier in life. Yeah. yeah. Did you find that you went through kind of like um, a rebellious phase though? Because you're that's a young age, right? Yeah. Um, I went through a really shitty phase when I was like uh, 13, 14, mm-hmm. where I was just like doing bad things. So when I say 13, 14, people are going to have this image like this little kid. I was a big fucking kid. Mm. And like I hit puberty a year early and all this type of stuff. Like I looked like a 17, 18, 19 year old right. at that age. And so I was just like in some super bad circles, doing some not good things mm-hmm. and, you know, just have incredibly unhealthy habits. And like I had a couple, um, I had a couple like attempted suicides when I was that age, mm-hmm. and um, and um, so that was a rebellious stage. Yeah. And um, but luckily I had um, actually a girlfriend to like actually pull me out of that a little bit, and I'm mm-hmm. um, super super grateful for her. And you know I was that was like a really really bad stage, but mm-hmm. it didn't have any long term effects or consequences, mm-hmm. which was great because I learned to love essentially. Right. Um, and learn, and yeah, and then learn to, to give to someone else. I mean, but honestly, since 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 that on, um, yeah, I haven't really had a rebellious phase. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have been a super egotistical dick, mm-hmm. um, but but not so much where I was being an idiot, right? <laughs> right? And and just like it's just na- navigating testosterone is tough. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm getting better at it now, um, but like 17, 18, 19, it, oh my god, like yeah. it's yeah. Anyways, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's definitely a whirlwind yeah, for sure. For, and for everybody, that's literally in our anatomy. It's yeah. it's not our fault. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you're having that change, and then on top of it, you're having all this other shit happening, right? Like, oh that's just god. a lot to take on. Yeah. But it's interesting though because like I've met you for the first time today. Mm-hmm. But it's like if I met you when you were 13, 14 mm-hmm. and then a few years later mm-hmm. if I met you then. Mm-hmm. It's like each time you're becoming a drastically different person, totally different person to who you are now and that's what I love about talking to people like you mm-hmm. is because you know in this moment you're a great person. <laughs> I can tell. Thanks man. But then it's like it just shows that people can change. Like there's someone yeah. who's like they could be 75 years old and they could be an egotistical dick <laughs> yeah. but if they really tried and wanted to change they could become a way more understanding empathetic kinder person yeah. within like a year mm. even a week it just you know it just takes the effort and that self-awareness mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what is so incredible about things like podcasts and just even talking to random people that you meet in life yeah, yeah, yeah. if you talk to them and you really pay attention you can learn so much that helps oh you gosh. grow right like do you think you would have become who you are today if you didn't of listen course to, like, not yeah <laughs> not even a fraction yeah not even a fraction but the problem with that is that when you're young you don't even give people the time of day exactly yeah you're like ah nah like what can i learn from a, a auto mechanic 
fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Yeah, that's very much so, like, a useful mentality. <laughs> very and much. It, it's so understandable, but I just think, like, when you do become an adult, it's like, I think it becomes less of an excuse absolutely to not pay attention absolutely you know I, I couldn't agree more but I also put this thought forward in that we we you're 24 mm-hmm. and you're probably a decade ahead of most 24 year olds mm-hmm. or whatever and I don't say that inter just to flatter you but I mean I say that to give context on you have this perspective of like listen you're an adult now <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now what? Um, but <laughs> um, you're an adult now. You have these responsibilities. You should be elevating who you are, your way of thinking, the relationships that you have, your personal, you know, care and love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I understand that. But we need to like get context on life and mm-hmm. say like, Jay, like we're the chances of us living to a hundred mm-hmm. are pretty damn high. Mm-hmm. The chances of us living past 100 are actually pretty damn high as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just say, for simplicity's sake, we're in a 100-year game. And if we're in a 100-year game, and let's say before 10 years old, like those years don't really count. You're really a conscious person. Yeah. You know, say maybe even 15 forward, 14 forward. You know, so you have at max a decade of conscious learning. Mm-hmm. And it's like how can you expect someone to be developed or even out of that early ignorance, unsympathetic, Mm -hmm. non-compassionate phase within 10 years of learning Mm -hmm. when it's a hundred year game. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I try to, when I see people like that, that are are very, I'll say ignorant, uh, high ignorance and low compassion or Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. I just, I just try to always remind myself like, yo, this person is 5% in the game. Yeah. This is the, they've, they've literally just started mm-hmm. and haven't had the, the chance to learn. And I'm sure that they will learn those lessons. Yeah. And they might not. That's the thing too, right? They, yeah. Like they might not. Yeah. And that's the yeah. thing. It's like you, yeah, you do have to remember that everyone has their own journey. It's not like you, we're all in the same like speed of things not. and yeah. whatnot. Um, and it's more like for me, it's like um, at the end of the day, it's a choice of yeah. what you do, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that... Um, it's just more so when people say like, oh, how are you like this? Or like, if I'm talking about something like with someone older, they're like, wow, you, you seem so like, like an old soul. Mm. Like, how are you like this? And I'm like, I've just like thought a lot about something, you know? Um, and that's why I'm like this, but it's like, you can be like that too. If you just put in the work, it doesn't just come out of nowhere, but I'm like, but that's your choice. So you can spark the thought, but you can't ever force someone to do it. Like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it <sighs> to drink the water. Which irks me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like that's their journey and whatnot. And it has like, you know, I've been reading like Eckhart Tolle and it's... The Power of Now? The Power of Now, yeah. Um, and one of the things he, he says is like, yeah, you can't, you can't be mad at someone else for yeah. um, the path they are on. They might not be enlightened at all. They might be a little bit whatever but yeah it's like their journey to take Mm -hmm. and it's just like understanding that they're just more unconscious and that's it you know like that's literally it and you just it makes you react less to people who are ignorant like it might piss you off and you're like (laughs) but then i'm like whatever it's fine like yeah that's also your choice 
Yeah, you choose how you react to things, that's, right? That's also your choice. You also choose to be around people, right? You, you can choose that. You, you, we can choose who's in our environment and who's not in our environment. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can choose the lessons that we learn from people. We can choose to see a person in a certain light. I had this guy named David Katz on this podcast mm -hmm. uh, on, on ThinkSpace, and he literally fucked my life up <laughs> when he was just like, <laughs> he, he broke down meaning but he more importantly broke down choice mm -hmm. and he was like speaking about losing his daughter mm -hmm. um uh, his 20 year old daughter wow less than like two years ago mm -hmm. and he's like i don't identify with it mm -hmm. and if i see that as a negative that's a choice i make i see that as a gift mm -hmm. like okay listen you went to some you went through some crazy shit some tremendous tragedy right. but how much more beautiful is life going to be yeah. Right. And getting to that point and just being like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. And so for me, with that context of him doing that, mm -hmm. and, and so now when I encounter someone that's a little bit egotistical, I'm like, ah, it's a choice how I view them. Yeah. That's, that's a choice. So true. Yeah. yeah. It's a choice if you let it annoy you or whatever. Or whatever, right? Even with like Instagram, you know, like oh, sometimes man. I get so annoyed at like <laughs> how obsessed people are with the Kardashians. Like I'm always like ranting about it. But, yeah, 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 but yeah. then I have to stop myself and remind myself that what they post is their choice. Mm -hmm. If they want to post mm -hmm. butt pics all the time, that's that a, is that's, their choice. That's, that's, that's their the, life. That is the freedom of the internet. Yes, it is. And just because it bothers me, well, I'm like, well, maybe I should question why it bothers me so much. A hundred percent. 100%. Why does it bother you so much? Yeah. Why does it bother you so Why much? Why does it bother me so much? Yeah. I think it's just because I'm like, it just annoys me when people only value aesthetics and like the, how people look. And I just think like they're, it's how much influence that they have that bothers me and they don't do anything with it. I'm sorry, it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The person that is sharing, say that shallow photo or whatever, how much influence that person has? Yeah, or I'm I'm thinking in the context of the Kardashians. Okay, cool, cool, um, cool. And it's just like, they have so much influence, but they don't really choose to do anything positive with right. it, and that's what bothers me, but then I'm like, it's their fucking choice. It is. And really, it's not their fault, it's our fault on the consumer end that we care so much about that. Right, you know what I mean? because we've encouraged that behavior. And it's more of a world problem than their problem, you know what I mean? Because they fell into it for whatever reasons, but us from consuming that, we're keeping it going. I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. So I think it's a bigger scale problem than, you know, I can't just blame Kim Kardashian for that. Because right. if she didn't have all those followers, it's each individual follower for caring of or whatever. All that weight put together, though. Yeah. Because you can't blame an individual person necessarily. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like one of those weird things. But anyway, it just bothers me. Like, I can't. That's one conversation I really don't like to have as right. a shallow conversation. Sure. I do not want to talk about the Kardashian family. I got it. No, totally. I just like, no, I'd rather just... So, but I, I, I get what you're saying there and mm -hmm. that it is, it's a, it's a world problem. I get that. But like, let's just like backtrack for a second because you like, you're like, okay, well, why does it bug you? And you're like, well, it bugs me that people share superficial stuff. Mm-hmm because they have a certain power in the world and they should use that for good, et cetera, et cetera. Why does that bother you? Why does it bother you that someone is using their quote unquote power or leverage or whatever? Mm -hmm. And you know, for quote unquote bad. Yeah. Like 
I think there's a reason there, which kind of speaks to your essence even more mm-hmm. versus just like, well, yeah, they're using their power for bad. Okay, like I get it. I don't think it's for bad though. Or I sure, whatever. I but don't like, think it's for bad. I just think it's like, po- it's kind of pointless or it's just, it's not even like what they post mm-hmm. because they're beautiful women mm-hmm. and, you know, the stuff they post is very similar to what other people post, but they just don't have the same following. Right, they don't have the same leverage. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is something where I'm like, I catch myself in this pointless circle mm. and then I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to remove the thought because it's, I can't change it. Right. And it's like, there are people who do incredible things right. that might not have quite as much of the following, but they're doing incredible things. And so if I just shift my focus to that, I'm not going to get pointlessly bothered by it. It's a choice. Like, I've literally talked about this way too much. Okay, my bad. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. It's, I just feel bad for anyone listening who has heard this Story. rant before. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, I just think when something bothers you, you have to kind of bounce back to yourself and be like, why does that bother me so much? Dude, for and sure. sometimes, like, you are guilty of doing the same thing oh yeah yourself oh yeah and then you know so it's really a lot of like being like oh fuck <laughs> yeah you know but what what enables you to have that that internal dialogue with yourself i think what enables you to have that inter, inter internal dialogue with yourself is you're self-aware you watch your thoughts go out you watch your thoughts come back in you saw the nature of your thoughts you saw the nature of your emotions and your actual reactions to them and you're like oh hold up what <laughs> The fuck is wrong with me, actually? Yeah. You know, and you're taking a, self, a sense of self-responsibility, which is actually all what self-hired is about, is like self-responsibility. And you're going, all right, well, that's actually not a them problem. That's not even a world problem. It's actually mm-hmm. a me problem. So yeah. let me deal with that. Yeah. And like that thought that you just had right there mm-hmm. is fucking priceless. Like that's the best thought you could ever have. Like, yeah. oh, hold on. I have power in this situation. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, like, see, how I just run it back on myself, Fire. like, full circle, Fire. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Fire. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it does help with, like, self-growth. But it totally does. Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you played basketball. You went yes, to, yes. You went to Denmark, you said? Yeah, so, um, yeah, basketball is my identity for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I went to Denmark for a year. I played at this, like, essentially, like, a semi-pro school because I didn't want to ruin my eligibility. Mm-hmm. So I got a bunch of, like... Um, U uh, Sport looks and like Canada D1 and Canada D2, but I didn't want that. And I was like, no, I'm better. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to. I wanted to go to the states. And like, I had some conversations with some coaches down there at D1, and and I, I was not good enough to go down there. But I was like, I was hell bent on doing it. And I'm one of those type of people that is hell bent on stuff. And uh, and so I was like, hey, I'm gonna find a way to not use my eligibility, travel the world, and I'm also gonna, like, I need another year to get better so I can come back, go to a D1 school. Mm. Um, and then through, you know, uh, Heidi's, uh, my, my mom's, um, foster mom's European connections got me to, uh, got my tape to this one coach. I went over there, um, was super, super amazing. Mm-hmm. That was a such a, Denmark is a wild country because we, like a lot of in this this conversation, we're preaching about um, like being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have thoughts that aren't rational, work through those thoughts. That's hard, you know, like have the hard conversations. Don't do the small talk. All that things is hard. We preach uncomfortability mm-hmm. and that's very much, you know, that's where the growth is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's always been on my mindset. Right. Going to Denmark, it's completely opposite. Really? Happiest country in the world. Let's keep oh. this in mind. Now, in Denmark, they have this thing, this concept called like Huga. 
H-Y-G-G-E, which is essentially the concept of, um, it means it direct translation, there's no word for it in English, but direct translation is like cozy, warm tea, pastries, family, candles, whatever. And it's just like the most welcoming, warm feeling. And that's right. what they preach a lot. So their whole culture is actually about comfortability. Mm. How do we be the most comfortable? How do we feel the most connected? And in turn, they're the happiest country in the world. So I went over there and I was like, fuck everybody. Right. I'm working and I'm going to kill myself <laughs> trying to become the best basketball player I can be. Right. And I found this girl who was this uh, Romanian soccer player who was like playing in the same city as me. Yeah. And she had the exact same mentality because Romanians are fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Love her. Anyways. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we just like came together and we're like, ah, let's work our asses off. Yeah. And it was amazing. But it... it the entire culture was just like, hey, listen, loosen up and come and, and see what comfortability is like. Mm. So that was super, super cool. Um, and, and yeah, did that. And then uh, at the end of that year, I blew up my ACL and I didn't tell anybody. And then it got way worse. And, and, um, and then my physio figured out. And so I tried to play a game. On it and it was really really bad oh, shit. and uh and then my physio because i was like as soon as like the the team doctors or whatever are just like yeah you're screwed um mm-hmm. like you know like this is broken or whatever it may be and in denmark you can get an mri the next day love that system <laughs> um anyways that went got an mri like yeah your your meniscus is torn oh, i had shit. a fractured part of bone in my knee it was bad oh, anyways but i didn't tell anybody and then they found out and so i was on a plane back home because mm-hmm. that's like your it's it it is a business even though it kind of wasn't a business but it is mm-hmm. a business like you're only as viable as what you can do and mm-hmm. anyway so i got shipped back and i was in full existential crisis mode which i've kind of never left um mm. no like i mean i have a lot more fun with it now yeah but, um, yeah, yeah and that's it's coming to, to great things and i went to uvic and i was lucky enough to get an academic scholarship and just and did that for a year and paid for my school right. um and that was super amazing at the end of that i was like ah what do i what a what is what do I want to do after university and what, you know, all the questions that first years and second years have. And yeah. I was just like, why am I here? I'm like, what do I really enjoy about school? And I'm like, well, the women are pretty nice. And I was like, stop it, stop it, stop <laughs> it. What are you really doing here? Again, yeah. working through testosterone as a young man. <laughs> Ridiculousness. Anyways, um, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Um, anyways, people going to think I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> Anyways, I was like, no, 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 what, what's really important? And I was like, well, I love money. I love complex systems. I love helping people. I love the financial system. What's going on? And I was just like, all right, well, and then I didn't know what I was going to do. And I got a phone call from my coach in grade nine um, who he was just like, hey, I heard you're in finance. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard you're not playing basketball. I was like, yeah. Like I needed like surgery. It was going to be two, three years till I was back. Oh, okay. The worst, mm-hmm. the worst, the worst, the worst. Um, Anyways, and so, yeah, ter- took an internship at this place called Ethic Invest mm-hmm. um, and uh, helped him over the summer. Then I became his assistant. Um, and then I went over and got fired from that job mm-hmm. in Vancouver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back. Um, I went back and I tried to get my license uh, as an investment advisor. But uh, I'll go this really quickly. But it's just like the the investment advising uh, world is very much an old boys club. It's very hard to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, you know, I don't have my college degree. Most mm-hmm. people that are in my position have like an MBA mm-hmm. um, and a super high net worth right. and have very rich friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very poor family. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't have rich friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an MBA. Yeah. And so it's just like not a good look. 
And so what you need to do to become an advisor is you need to actually have like a, a firm sponsor you basically, being like, okay. hey, we'll take them in, mm-hmm. um, we'll pay them a, a base salary and we'll train them and, and all this type of stuff in hopes that he can bring money in and then turn revenue in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, anyway, so after I uh, lost that job at Victory, uh, I was also getting, while I was at Victory, I did a bunch of courses in mm-hmm. investing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so after that, Tony called me, who's my current business partner, and he was like, hey, like, coming back and I was like yes <laughs> and so I was like but I want to get licensed I don't want to be your assistant and he's like I get it um, but the firm wouldn't take me it's very very hard to get into there's a lot of walls and glass ceilings right um, and so for me to get into that business was super hard they looked at me like nope we're good we don't want to bring him through he's not going to be profitable mm-hmm. and so I was like okay I get it I need to infiltrate that system somehow I ended up going to like back office and operations and like working in transfers Fucking the worst. Oh, really? The worst job I've ever had in my life. Oh, shit. Um, absolute hell, like seven to three every day. Um, worst year of my life. I was 21. We started the podcast while I was still doing that. Oh, yeah. And then uh, after that, part of my job there was just like handing out mail to everybody. Mm-hmm. And like everyone in the firm was like super great. And I was just like, and I was like, man, why aren't these guys giving me a shot? They're awesome. And um, it wasn't actually their decision at all, but. Um, so I, like I was handing out mail and I was getting to know everybody and I got to know the branch man the branch manager and I got to know the VP and the president and stuff like that and anyways long story short I built like a huge presentation and gave it to the branch manager and I was like hey let me be an advisor and he was like you got a chance yeah. but you need to go to the VP and I went to the VP and I gave the same thing and then I went to the president and did the same thing right um, and then eventually they're like yeah okay we'll license you. And, uh, and so now I've been in Vancouver, um, fully licensed for a year nice. and, um, solely just working with, with Tony and ethic invest. And we're very, um, we have a unique ecosystem in there mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. And so that they've given me that opportunity and I've ran with it and it's been, it's been amazing, man. Yeah. Um, I love it. And I've just been so lucky. And the only reason any of that happens is, um, uh, when I was in grade nine, I ran or I skipped harder than other people. And Tony saw that mm. and offered me a job, which in turn gave me my career um, with no degree, no nothing. So super, I'm super lucky and super, super grateful. Yeah. Bam. That's... I'm an adult. Now what? <laughs> no, that, I think that's awesome <laughs> because um, I think it just speaks to the fact that like you can take an unconventional path yes. and still get to the same destination. Yes. Um, Have you heard of the third door? No. All right, here we go. Oh, spill the tea. <laughs> Hold on to your pants, everybody. Um, there's three doors in life. There's mm-hmm. three doors in life. Number one is the door that uh, the trust fund kid gets. Like, meaning his like dad is golf buddies with someone and gets him a job at the law firm, and he said he's got the kid and da 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 da. And cool, cool, cool. That's door number one. Super, you know, it's there for you. Door number two, traditional route, a little bit harder, right? You got to take out your student loans, go to school, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, and you need to play the system, play in the system to hopefully get out of the system, right? Yeah. And so the, the analogy that you kind of get is like, well, say you're going to a club. Like you do, do you go to many clubs? Mm, occasionally. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. um, I fucking don't. But, <laughs> um, so this, but this analogy will hopefully work for people where it's just like, you can go to the front door, mm-hmm. um, you can pay the price, and you're in the club. You right. can pay off the guy, again, trust fund kid or whatever, bam, you're in the party. Mm. Then there's the third door. And the third door isn't really a door. They don't even tell you about it. And the third door theory, it's called. And someone wrote this book, and I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. (laughs) I'll throw it in The third door theory is there's always a way actually around the alley, through the back door, climb through the window, go through the back, like go through the bathroom, climb under the thing, 
and then you find a way through there. There's always a way through there. Mm. And that's through connections that you make or presentations that you give or weird coincidences or even the energy about you can can be your third door. Mm. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm not coming from money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go the traditional route because I was like, I had this whole thing around like, oh, I don't want to be like part of the system and da 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 da. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I got to find the third door. Where's the third door? Mm-hmm. And I did not know where the third door was and you never fucking do. Yeah. But you got to find it. And if you find it, bam, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Oh my God. That's, yeah, that's great. It always stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Um, and I think with, again, it comes kind of back to like paying attention and listening to people who come into your life. Right? Oh my gosh. Because you could have easily been like, oh, fuck this Tony yeah. guy. His name's Tony, right? Tony. Yeah. Yeah. You could be like, fuck this Tony guy. For sure. What the fuck's he going to say? Of and then course. that's it. You just cut off your third door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God. But just being like open to listening to people, you never know. Dude. Like I didn't expect to end up in film. Like right. it just happened. Like as a, I view it as a chain event. Like, looking back on my life, I'm like, that was like a domino effect. Of course. A chain reaction. Mm-hmm. And the minute things started happening, like positive things, was the minute I just stopped and was like, you know what? I can't control the path. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm trying to control it. It's not working. Mm-hmm. Fuck this. Mm-hmm. I'm giving up on that. Mm-hmm. And then I just started paying attention more. So, you know, if I ended up working... Every day I work, different set of people, right? Mm-hmm. Different groups of people. Right. If I'm sitting next to a woman who's 60 years old and she starts telling me a story about her life back when she lived in Italy, you know, or whatever, like there's something that I could gain from that conversation. So I'd close my book, I'd listen to her and I might not gain anything from it, but just it's a possibility, it's a right? Possibility. Don't close yourself off to possibilities. Absolutely. And look where it got you. Like hey. that's so cool. And I don't like I don't mean to like at all give off the impression of like I've arrived. Like I have not arrived. Like <laughs> No, it doesn't yeah. give off that impression yeah. at all. Okay. No. Good. You don't sound like cocky or anything like that. It's a it's a yeah, it's just a, it's just a process. It is a process. It's just a process and and how I uh like my thinking in that wasn't like, oh, I'm good enough to get here. It was just like, okay, time is super valuable. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to spend eight years. I actually don't have the money to like go get an MBA and mm-hmm. I don't want to spend the time. Yeah. I want to go right now. And if, even if it like I want to go into the profession right now or whatever profession, I just want to go into the field. I want to like cut my hands. I want to get into the mud yeah. and go because again, to circle back, like I understood time. Mm-hmm. I just understood time. I just yeah. didn't want to waste the time. And I know that actually eight years now from 18 to 26 Mm -hmm. is way infinitely more valuable than 60 to 68. Yeah. Right. 84 to to 92 or whatever it is. So I was like, okay, well I'm going to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And that's all it is. And it's just continue. It's continually a process. Like I look at myself right now, us as podcasters, you're like, okay, Hmm. I could actually go and do uh, 40 more episodes like Joss and Mm -hmm. waste that time. Or I could actually just figure out 70 right now, everything he's done, download that information, skip, and now I'm on par over there and just leapfrog, 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 because right. you don't need to spend your time um, going through the same errors. And that goes back to our parents' parenting yeah. conversation, right? Yeah. But you gotta have the audacity to say, like, and ask and shit, you know, mm-hmm. like, fuck, asking, like, I, I ask so many stupid questions every day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, how stupid are they really? You know? <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> 
with your childhood, though, do you not find that that was like really strong fuel for your motivation? Yeah, to build yourself a better life as an adult. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I, um, most of my life, probably up until this year, I was like, um, I fueled myself off of like this kind of like dark night of the soul thing, this like angry energy. Like mm -hmm. I was always like. I wasn't externally like this, but internally I was like, man, fuck the world. The world fucked me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm doing my shit and I don't care. Right. And um, and I was pretty compassionate in that way of thinking. But, and that, and so that kind of fueled it in a way. And now I'm just completely detached from it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's literally, it, it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm has nothing to do with me. And that's why, like, I never really talk about it. I never, like, I haven't had this conversation in a long time. Yeah. Um, and now it's just, that anger just turns to gratitude. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's kind of where it ends, man. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of where it ends. Like, I'm super grateful for my parents. I'm super grateful for the island. I'm super grateful for the community. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's that's the fuel. Yeah. That's the fuel. And, like, I understand, like, my, my privilege and and I'm like, yo, let's let's earn this privilege, mm -hmm. you know. And so, yeah, it's not like angry energy or like that. Or I don't know. What do you think fuels you as as a person in your in your position? Where do you get that energy from? Um, I think just like, yeah, just having the ability to have opportunities mm -hmm. in order to do something new, to try something new. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, why wouldn't I try and do that? You know, of course. because I think when you do come from like a childhood situation where you're kind of like things are out of my control, once you realize now things are in my control because I'm an adult right. and I've taken responsibility right. for myself and I look after myself, right. it's like literally everything I do and choose to do or not do is within my control. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, I, I think I just have like this drive to learn like I'm always trying to learn I just love learning like mm -hmm. and so it's like why not why not right. fucking do that yeah, and yeah. I think it is good to you can look back on your past and draw from it you know and um, speak on things like you did today thank mm -hmm. you for sharing mm -hmm. your story um, but it's like you don't have to carry that every single day with you like the whole yeah. baggage thing you know totally. it's like and it does creep up into life I'm yeah, sure yeah, that happens yeah. with you like um, but it just doesn't have to be a part of your everyday thoughts. Like when you're present, when you live in the moment, um, you're not thinking about like what happened to you when no. you were seven years old. No. You're thinking about like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I read something recently about like, um, people who ride motorbikes and do very like crazy, <laughs> um, stuff where it's like, it's so fast paced and if you take your mind somewhere else, even for a second, you could die. Yeah. So you have to be present. And that's why people do those activities because that feeling of being present is so hard to kind of accomplish. This was totally Eckhart Tolle. I'm like, I don't know where I read this. It was Eckhart Tolle, um, The Power of Now, but yeah. <laughs> like, what? Um, Love that. But... Love that you pointed that out. Fuck but you know yeah. what I mean? Like the power of now. Like of if that's course. why people do that, they they want that feeling. So people don't understand like when people do such crazy activities. Mm -hmm. But and those people might not even be aware of why they love it so much. Mm -hmm. 
But in that moment, they're not thinking about anything else. Yo, I got a comment and I got a question. Okay? Yeah, go for it. I'm probably going to forget the question, but here's the comment. Um, <laughs> no, listen, I thought that both of you were going to reference is this book called Stealing Fire. Have you ever mm. heard of that book? No. So Stealing Fire is amazing. Again, I forget the authors and I truly do forget the authors because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dick. Anyways, um, uh, amazing book. I literally own the book mm. and it talks about flow states and it talks about this thing called like, ecstasis. And what, what that is is essentially just um, weightlessness it's, it doesn't, when you're in an activity, it, you don't feel your weight, you don't feel the energy you're exerting, uh, exerting. you're egoless, you are completely absorbed in what you're doing. And right. part of, and so like extreme sports and motorbiking and things like that, and also like uh, EDM or psychedelic drugs or just great music or right. like uh, intimate relationships or sex and lovemaking, those, those are the things that kind of get us into those spots. Yeah. And so uh, his whole thing was like, well, that's actually where humans are are most fulfilled that's where mm. deep connection comes from right and that's where purpose comes from and so like in today we're like we always have our phones out or we're always on social media or like we're always super disconnected and we're yeah. always on a superficial level mm-hmm. looking at kim k's butt or whatever it is <laughs> right that's where that deep sense of disconnect comes from and then all of a sudden we feel all this anxiety on the rise etc 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 so it's like how do i find like and, and so where it's going with that is that as, as humans are probably listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. they're probably big thinkers and they're probably like, oh, okay, like I really want to, I want to ask the questions. I want to know the people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I want to think big picture. What does it all mean? All this type of stuff, which is a scary road to go down. Maybe a road you need to go down regardless. But one thing that saved me from that road, and maybe you can resonate with this, is that when I get to those moments, like I'm, I'm like, I'll freak out about death. I'll freak out about um, the 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 story arc of my life and the quality of life and lost time and all mm-hmm. these super big picture questions. Yeah. The only thing that will ever bring me back is like like you just said, creating a flow state, creating radical presence, radical connectedness. Mm-hmm. Me working longer hours without my phone mm-hmm. has improved the quality of my life. Right. The amount that I can actually just focus on one thing, mm-hmm. focus on one conversation. And that's maybe why we like podcasting so much. Yeah. Because we're focused on one person. Yeah. And that gives us a deep sense of connection. Mm-hmm. I don't forget the question though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so on top of that, you said you're like, oh, um, I want to just go learn. I want to ask the questions. And I was like, you're like, fuck it. da 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 And, uh, and that's so cool. There's so many great qualities there. But the one that sticks out for me is like, where'd you get that confidence from? Because for mm. me, the confidence was ignorance. <laughs> and I don't think the confidence is ignorance in you. Hmm. That's a really fucking good question. Shit, this is what happens when you have a guest that's a podcast. The worst. Like, We're the worst. That's hilarious. Um, I think the confidence comes from my parents Mm. without even realizing it, but I've come to realize this like over Mm. the past like year, they never once were like, you can't do that. Um, Nothing's too crazy, Mm. especially my dad. I'd be like, yo, I want to make like a headboard and I want it to look like your fucking avant garde shit. And I show him a picture and he's like, okay, cool. This is how you do it. Or, okay, I have to like go look up like how you do this. But he's always had that mentality it's like if you can think of it, you can create it. Of course. And it's just a matter of finding out how yeah, you do that. The way. Same thing with um, my grand 
it's like she's kind of like that. It's like wow. there's a recipe. No recipe's too hard. Like you find a way to fucking figure that shit out. I love it. You might have to attempt it five times, but eventually you might get there. Okay. Like that's their mentality, and it's all. I don't even think they realize they have that mentality. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just the way they are, and that's I think rubbed off on me. So it, I've Beautiful. just always been like, if I think of it, I know it's fucking possible. I just. Mm. Probably don't have the skills to do it yet. But you can get the skills. But I can get the skills. Mm-hmm. And it's like someone else has those skills. How did they get there? Because they took the time to learn it. Whether that was in an institution or on YouTube. Whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. And same thing with you. Like, you took the time to learn it. Yeah. And I think one thing you said um, on that investing um, episode was... Um, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. Wow. Oh my god, that's, that's so good, annoying. Taking the time to learn... Not having the answers, being a young person and really knowing, me continuously learning. Something, what else did I say on that podcast? I said a lot of stuff. I also, I, I really touched on, oh yeah, because I was talking a lot about like social responsible investing. I, yeah. And I was talking about, um, uh, like this is really what I think the way is right now, but like, maybe this is not the way. Yeah. <laughs> and and being open to that fact as well. Um, what else did I talk about on the podcast? There's a lot. There's like, a lot. There's- like afterwards, I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. But that's why, you know, I'm going to put the link in the description Dope. of this episode because I think people should listen to it because you talked about life things, but also the investing yeah. side of things. Yeah. And I loved that you were talking about investing ethically. Yeah, it, it really matters. It does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we, th- like I said this on, on the 20-something podcast, and shout out E-Man and Angela, they're amazing, by the yeah. way. Um, you guys should link up. I'll, yeah. I'll, connect, I'll connect you too. Anyways, um, we're just going to look back and this is, it's going to be really, really stupid that we did, we acted the way we did. Like imagine, think about segregation. Mm-hmm. Look how stupid that shit looks now. Yeah. You're like, are you fucking serious? Look at women's rights. Yeah. You're like, are you, are you really? Mm-hmm. We're going to look at this, this time and period right now. We're going to look at how we treat animals. We're going to look at how we treat energy. We're going to look at how we treat our fellow humans, how we treat our planet. We're going to be like, how yeah. do we do that? Yeah. So how, how, what's the, and I always think about, I always think exponentially, my time is limited. My resources are limited. How do I make the most out of my resources? And for me, why ethical investing is so important is like, well, how do I affect the most change as quickly as possible mm-hmm. with the most amount of leverage? And for me, it's, yeah, like I'll go and I'll pick up garbage on the street or whatever it is. And that's great. However, and like, however, we need to understand the power of what money does. Mm-hmm. Money is the language that the world speaks. Money is how the world goes around, regardless mm-hmm. of whether we like it or not. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's deep in our human values. It's deep in our human nature. And that's how we can communicate to people. Blanket, mm-hmm. blanket. And so if we can use that, if that, if it has that power, how do we use it for good? How do we vote with our dollar? And voting with our dollar is something that we're familiar with, with like, um, but going and buying local granola versus going and buying honey nut Cheerios or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it costs more, but you get more value in turn for it. Yeah. And again, it stimulates your local economy. And again, that money stays in the community where it needs to stay. And, and you build local economy, you build humans up. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's so powerful. Even that one purchase but we never think of that. And maybe that purchase is $6. Mm-hmm. If I have an investment account that's $100,000, a million dollars, $50,000, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's exponential effect right there. $6, an entire investment account. People don't think like a um, $100,000 portfolio that's invested in the broad-based market. And I'm getting into the weeds now because you, <laughs> you triggered me. Um, like a hundred thousand dollar portfolio that ha- that is 100% invested in the American market, Canadian the Canadian market, mm-hmm. actually has a carbon imp- uh, uh, footprint of 92 
um, kilograms, uh, or not, sorry, 92 tons per year. Your share of the ownership of co the companies in that, in that market are producing that much, right? Mm. You have physical ownership. That's what a share is yeah. um, of that. We don't take responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. We don't even think about that. Yeah. I go, I buy vegetables. I put my vegetables in a plastic bag. I don't think about the bag. I mm -hmm. just think about the vegetables. Look what I'm doing. I'm investing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm eating vegetables. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. But I think now we need to live in uh, what I well, in Buddhist philosophy is something called right livelihood, which just means like anyone that's involved in my actions, I need to consider. Yeah. And I need to be doing the right thing. I need, there needs to be a net benefit here. Mm -hmm. um, I need to be, well, in their terms, reducing suffering and increasing happiness. Right. Um, and that's ultimately what it's about, whether that's providing opportunity to underprivileged people, whether that's um, uh, giving financing to renewable energy farms, whether that's uh, going in and, and uh, investing in companies that have uh, gender diverse boards or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. like that's ultimately what it's about. And we approach that from a standpoint of these things are going to win over time and in turn be more profitable than mm -hmm. unethical things. Right. Um, and they're going to be less risky as well. So, so true. Tangent over. <laughs> no, no, that was a great tangent though. Yeah. It's true though um, what you're saying about things being considered normal and it's... Absolutely. You do have to remind yourself about things like segregation and whatnot because... I was at work the other day and um, somebody was tripping out, like egos going crazy, okay, typical yeah. on film sets. But anyway, I was like pissed off about it and then someone's like, oh, like, whatever, this happens all the time kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, but that's just because we think it's normal because it is normal right now. But I was like, fucking like 50 years ago, I couldn't walk into the same bathroom as you because I'm black 100%. and that was normal. 100%. So does this have to stay normal? No. Someone spoke up and said something about it. And I'm not trying to start a riot, but like for me keeping my mouth shut for something that was mm -hmm. not necessary for someone to do, mm -hmm. like it's not going to change the situation. So I was like, I'm not trying to start like World War Three here, but if someone, you know, yeah. is being fucking out lying and really rude to somebody, like I'm going to mm -hmm. say something of because it doesn't have to be normal anymore. Yeah. So yeah, like taking a stance on like um, just how the um, world is turning into this place of just like mass consumption mm -hmm. um, again all you can change is yourself so exactly I think yeah that's one thing I really liked about that episode too and you talked about Akon oh, just yeah, go listen yeah, to the yeah, episode yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, like yeah. read you know yeah, yeah. go check that out you go read. check it out go check it out <laughs> yeah it was cool, definitely worth listening to but yeah that's pretty cool um, I have taken a lot of your time, so I think I should, <laughs> I think I should wrap it up. But, cool. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. You're, you, you're very, very good at what you do, and I'm, I'm sure people tell you that all the time, but let's have it on record. Um, thank you for doing the work that you do and, and continue to do it um, without the monetary stimulus or whatever. Yeah. And just continuing to, to put yourself out there and do the, do the work, and, and I really appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. As a, as a host, as a, as a fellow host, mm -hmm. as a guest, yeah. And as a, as a listener, as a fan. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And same thing goes for your podcast, too, and who you are as a person. Oh, thank you, Jay. So, yeah. Thank you for telling me your life story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Of and, uh, yeah, people should check out your podcast. I will yeah. put the links in the description cool. um, to, like, everything, including those books. I'll find out the authors of yes, those yes, books yes, you yes. mentioned. And, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jay. Okay, bye for now. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or requests for future episodes, please email I'm an adult now what at gmail.com. I read every email and would love to hear from you. 
Please subscribe to receive future updates on episodes. And if you feel like it, please rate this podcast on your streaming platform of choice.